Chapter 5, Court. Wednesday, August 3rd, finally rolls around. I get up early, and for some reason I'm not really nervous. Maybe a little apprehensive, but not nervous. I slept good the night before, so I was relatively relaxed. I put on my blue blazer, light blue trousers, white shirt, red, white, and blue silk tie. I look good. I'm off. Drive to the Dunkin' Donut, have some coffee and a muffin, read the paper, and hit the Southern State Parkway about 8.15. The court is in the town of Hempstead, which is about two steps above Tijuana, Cleveland, and Buffalo when it comes to the dirtiest places I've ever been to. I graduated from Hofstra University, also located in Hempstead, in 1972, so I'm very familiar with the area. Hofstra is actually located in a nice section of town. It borders East Meadow, Merrick, and Uniondale, but downtown Hempstead is pretty much a pit. I find the parking lot across the street from the court, and just like Kleinhardt said, there's a very pleasant Chinese guy there, smiling as he takes your money. As I walk to the court, I notice the police vans with cages that transport the criminals to jail. Hmm, I think to myself. I wonder if I'm going to be in one of those. No, Lee promised me I wasn't going to jail. I get to the courthouse door, wait on the line, and finally get up to the walk-through barrier. The cop tells me to take everything out of my pockets, place them in the basket, walk through. No problem. I get in, put the stuff back in my pockets, and find the rotunda in the middle of the courthouse where Kleinhardt told me to meet him. While I'm waiting, I notice the calendar posted on the wall. I look for my name. There is a criminal calendar twice. What? On the criminal calendar twice? I'm on there twice? What? The troopers had also charged me with resisting arrest. Lee arrives, and I show him the calendar. He says I didn't tell him about the resisting arrest. What happened was there was another summons attached to the DWI summons, and not realizing it, I had inadvertently taken notes on it like it was a piece of scrap paper. I had never shown it to any of the attorneys. Lee asked me how much money you have on me. I said, just the grand you asked me to bring. We have time. You better find an ATM and get yourself another grand. Oh, shit. So I walk out of the courthouse and hurry to the parking lot, which is now full. I explain my dilemma to the Chinese guy, still smiling. You leave, you pay again. You pay again. You pay again in that fucking Chinese accent. Okay, you cocksucker. I ask him if there's a TD bank nearby. He's not sure. So I start walking. I ask a gentleman approaching me. Hey, buddy, is there a TD bank around here? He tells me there's one about five or six blocks away and points me in that direction. I'm now sweating. It's August and it's about 90 degrees. I start walking swiftly. I find a bank, but there you can only take out 700 bucks at the ATM, so I gotta wait online. Thank the Lord, the line is not too long. I get a thousand bucks and start walking, almost in a slight jog, back to the courthouse. Through security, inside, and I'm sweating. I'm really sweating. I see Lee. Did you get it? Yes, I got it. He tells me to relax, go to the bathroom, wash my face, because we have a few minutes. We take the stairs upstairs to the courtroom on the third floor. We take the stairs because Lee doesn't trust the elevators. When we get inside the courtroom, Lee tells me he knows this judge, Judge Vatsalunas, 
who he says he'd helped out when she was having a problem with another case. Michael Palermo, they call my name. The assistant DA starts reading all this shit out and starts actually making stuff up about my hitting another car. The judge tells him, I don't see of that any, any of that here in the complaint. And she looks at Lee. How do you plead to the DWI and the resisting arrest? Not guilty. Okay, no bail. You're free to go. But you have to surrender your license. In New York State, anytime you're charged with a DWI, you automatically lose your license for 30 days, and you can get a conditional license for 30 days until your trial. You can also ask for a hardship license during the 30-day period. I tell Lee I need the hardship license in order to keep working. He tells me to come back to court. We'll come back Monday. He has another case then, so he'll go to court, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll go before Judge David Goodsell. He's the judge who will handle my case until it's over. Lee says Judge Votzelanis always liked him and his father, and because of that and the fact that I was dressed nicely and had an impeccable prior record, she made my life easy. Now I had to take this paper they gave me to the clerk and get it stamped. I had a temporary license until 5 p.m. I got the temporary, walked out of the courthouse into the parking lot, and it's now 11.30 a.m. I see this Chinese guy. He smiles. $25, please. Hey, I've got a thousand bucks in my pocket. Over a thousand bucks. What's 25? I give it to him. I get in the car and I drive off. Oh, shit. What a morning. I drive to my mother's house, stop by for 15 minutes, kiss her goodbye, and leave. She doesn't look good, but it's she's pretty coherent. I'm glad I went. Don't know when I'll be able to get to see her again with no fucking license. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I drive back to West Babylon. I'm going to the beach. I've got till 5 p.m. I change my clothes, get to the beach, dive into the water, take a swim, take another swim, lay out, pass out. Lay out for about 30 minutes. Get up. Take another swim. Lay out to dry. I'm on my way. Back to my place. I take a quick shower. I better do some shopping. Five o'clock is fast approaching. I get back home. Have a vodka. Cook myself some fish with veggies. And wait for the ball games to start. Mets and Yanks are on TV tonight. Today is Saturday. I get up, quick shower, walk to the D&D, coffee, muffin, read the papers, walk back home. Get on the computer, read my emails, etc. Shit, the rent is due. With everything going on, I let the rent slip by. No problem. I've got till the 10th before a late charge and they start breaking my balls. I just write out a check, put it in an envelope, and go to the post office. Wait, I've got no license. All right, calm down. The post office isn't that far. I can walk. So I take the envelope and begin to walk. It's a beautiful day, about 9.30 a.m., really not that hot, and I'm actually enjoying the walk. Get there, mail the rent. The post office is about a mile and a quarter from my place, and as I'm walking back, I start laughing to myself again. You better get used to this. Get home, take out my guitar, and start playing. The guitar always relaxes me, and it's a good way to pass the time. I will delve into my musical career a little bit later on because it winds up playing a role, actually a major role in all of this. I'd like to go to the beach, so I call Gina to see if she'd like to go. I'll tell her I'll make lunch and we'll go to the ocean, Robert Moses State Park. She's in. 
Now I've got to get food for lunch. Walking again. Shop right is right across the street. I pick up some turkey breast, Swiss, tomatoes, chips, a couple of cans of 7-Up. Walk back, make lunch, put it in a cooler. Gina arrives. Hi, Daddy. With a big hug, we're on our way. We take my Lincoln. She drives the course. Great day. The water and the waves are beautiful. We eat lunch, lie in the sun, read the papers, and stay until about 3 o'clock. She drives back. I kiss her goodbye. Thank you, Daddy. I had fun. Thank you. I take a shower, walk to the little Japanese restaurant around the corner. I've done more walking today than I have in years. Order sake, a big sake, miso soup, chicken teriyaki, sit at the sushi bar with the TV right in front of me. The four o'clock Yankee game is on. More sake, walk back, catch the end of the game. And the 7 o'clock Mets game is on. And I fall asleep in my chair. Get up, go to bed. I wake up. It's Sunday morning. Walk to the bagel store in the corner next to the D&D. The owner, Eddie, real nice guy. We always hit it off. You walked over, he says. Yeah, nice morning. I order two eggs, bacon, American cheese, and a wrap with coffee. As I'm reading the Sunday papers, it hits me. I got to go to court tomorrow, but I've got no license. Oh, shit. So I decide to call Dr. Claps, a pal of mine since 1984 when I first moved back from Los Angeles. He's a great chiropractor, but that's another long story. I think I'll give a little insight into this one. When I was a boy, I always had a pain in my lower back. I played sports with it, but I never could bend over and touch my toes. I don't remember when or how I developed this, but I do know it was there for as long as I could remember. I started lifting weights when I was 13, but I wasn't allowed to keep the weights in my room where it was warm because my parents were afraid I'd ruin the floor. So the weights were in the unfinished basement where it was cold and damp. I think I aggravated my back there, never warmed up properly, and never cooled down properly. So instead of ruining that floor, I ruined my back. When I started working at Sears during my freshman year in college, one of the managers in the automotive section, Stu, took a liking to me. In fact, all of the guys who worked there liked me. They were guys in their 50s, and to me, a 17-year-old boy, they were the salt of the earth. One day, when I was in the store basement, moving cases of motor oil, Stu noticed that I bent over awkwardly. Why do you bend down that way? I explained the situation. It turned out that Stu had almost died several years earlier and had his life saved by a chiropractor. Stu was now a health food fanatic, constantly eating sunflower seeds with raisins. He got me an appointment with his chiropractor, Dr. Dale. After three treatments, I could touch my toes for the first time in my life. I became a believer and have been using chiropractors ever since. One day, after I moved back to New York from Los Angeles, I called Dr. Claps or Dr. Dale for an adjustment. Dr. Claps answered the phone. He had bought the practice from Dr. Dale. We became friends. We have everything in common from sports to booze to politics. So I called him, told him the story, and asked him if he could do me a favor and pick me up on Monday morning. Not a problem. I really didn't want to inconvenience him too much, so I asked him to drive me to the house on Ginny Lane where I would ask my ex-wife Rosemary to drive me to the courthouse. Why would I do such a foolish thing? The answer is I'm fucking crazy. They say the definition of crazing is repeating the same mistake over and over and explaining or expecting a different result. Anyway, I explained the situation to her, and she was very accommodating. I love her.
But for whatever reasons, after a time, we couldn't live together anymore. So Dr. Claps picks me up right on time, 7.30 a.m., drives me to Ginny Lane, and Rose is ready to go. We stop for coffee and arrive at the courthouse at about 8.20. Good luck, she says. And I almost wanted to kiss her goodbye, but I thought better of it, and I didn't. I'm early, so I decide to walk around and see if I can find a coffee shop. For the first time, it hits me like a ton of bricks. I'll never drink and drive again. Walking through and around Hempstead is enough to wake anyone up. I don't know why, with all the bullshit I went through on Friday and before, but it hit me now. Fuck the coffee. Walk back to the courthouse through security and wait for Lee. He arrives about 9.35, and like Friday, we walk upstairs to the courthouse. This time I have to wait and see a lot of bullshit. I see lawyers convicted of DWIs. I see blacks, whites, Asians, and children of all ages. I see two guys get turned down for hardship licenses. And then, just before lunch, I see Judge Goodsell turn down a hardship license for a guy whose wife has a brain tumor, and he needs his car to get back and forth from New Jersey so he can spend as much time with her as he could. Now, I don't know how true his story was, but it was lunchtime, 12 o'clock, and my case was next. After lunch, about 2 or 2.30 p.m., I said to Lee, I just saw the judge turn down this poor bastard. What fucking chance do I have? Lee was done for the day and wanted to get out of there, too. I asked him if he could give me a ride to the train station by his office in Baldwin. He drops me off, and I took the next train from Baldwin to Babylon. I arrive in Babylon about 2 o'clock, and he immediately went to the Argyle restaurant, a relatively upscale restaurant in town. I sat at the bar, ordered a stoli on the rocks with olives, and began to contemplate. It was Monday, August 8, 2011. I could get my restricted license on September 6, the day after Labor Day. So I had a month to go without a license. It was the summer, and everything I needed was relatively close, even the town of Babylon, where there were restaurants and bars, if I needed to go somewhere within walking distance, there were taxis and buses. I ordered another stoli in the menu. I had lunch with a couple of glasses of wine, made small talk with the people sitting at the bar, and began to feel much better. I had money in my bank, my health, my sanity, good friends, and wonderful daughters. All of a sudden, it was after 4 p.m. I paid the bill and walked outside to find out it was raining. Fuck it, I'll call a cab. So I walk into a little trinket shop a couple of doors down and ask the proprietor if he knows where I can get a cab. Amazingly, he has the number. I pull out my cell phone and he says, no, 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 that's okay, I'll call for you. The phone is right here. In ten minutes, the cab shows up. I'm home in five minutes, seven bucks, thank you, I'm home. I walk upstairs, change into my shorts, sit in my chair, put the TV on, and pass out. 